Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. That time of the week again, the Rugby League rant, fifth and last. Put on your headgear, chuck in your mouth guard and get ready for an hour of nothing but NRL talk. Better late than never to record the fifth and last podcast for this week. And unfortunately for everybody out there, your ears are going to have to bleed with only one voice. That's right. It's just me, Lewis, for this week. But with a good reason, Brock is now a dad. We have officially the fifth and last baby. His beautiful young daughter, Lila, was born. So that was part of the reason for our delay uh, with work last night for me and Brock with uh, the whole situation, him and his wife with the baby. And it's impending arrival and now being born. Uh, he is not here with us last night and obviously today, but massive congratulations to them and we are very, very excited. No one more so than me. Uh, a very proud brother and very excited to be an uncle. So some great news and a good reason for us to delay. We never let you down out there. Still recording. It's just unfortunate that I have no one to bounce my information back off. So if you do with this one and your ears don't bleed by the end of it, you've done very, very well, but... Again, massive congratulations goes out there to Boxhead and his beautiful wife, Nicole, and the birth of their baby girl. Uh, with this podcast, it'll be a bit more short and sharp, a bit more precise. There will be no set of six questions. Uh, your fan questions, we've answered some on the page, and I'll continue to do that. So uh, just to get through things here a bit quicker, I won't be doing the fan questions on the show, but we'll be doing our reviews. I've got power rankings from Boxhead. Uh, tips and our previews and any gossip and uh, obviously got that stuff from Boxhead and Mr. Gossip as well. So we'll get through things and we'll kick off first off with our power rankings brought to you by Penrith Solar Centre. Let the sun work for your home and for your back pocket. That's right. You need to do that to save thousands per year with Penrith Solar Centre. But do you know what hurts more than your team going down in an nail biter, getting slapped with a huge electricity bill and biting your nails trying to pay it? Take back the power from the electricity companies and generate it yourself. The team at PSC are dedicated to providing you with the highest quality solar energy experience to make you and your family the big winners. Contact Penrose Solar Centre today on 1800 to discuss how they can make you the real winners this season. www.penrosesolar.com.au But power rankings uh, for myself, number one, and it's the same for Brock, is Souths. Souths found a way to win on the weekend. They had that massive winning streak previous to the weekend. Uh, it wasn't pretty, but they got the job done, and the real test comes this week in the form of Melbourne, who have won eight in the row themselves. So for now, they thoroughly deserve to be number one, and we both are unanimous on that. Number two, we differ. I have the Roosters at number two. They've muddled their way through the year. They've had changes. They've had blokes in and out. Uh, they've had blokes going to origin, but you look at their side now, things are coming together nicely. They've got to the origin period. They've rested some players. They've shown that they've got depth. Um, dynamic forward pack, just a great side all around them. The last two weeks have really flexed their muscles. For Brock, he's got Melbourne at number two. Obviously, respecting similar situation. Plays in and out for origin. Showed some depth. 
Bromwich, Finucane missing extended periods of time, three different halves combinations as far as the halfbacks are concerned, and eight wins in a row. So he's got them at number two. I've got the Roosters at number two, but they flip around for our number three. I've got Melbourne at number three for very similar reasons. I think they've been good, but uh, looking to see how they go this week up against a tough South Sydney side, and Brock has the Roosters at three. So no surprise there. I think the top three are pretty unanimous amongst most people out there. The rest we are unanimous on. Only two and three were different. So we both, in our power rankings, have the Dragons at number four. Disappointing effort on the weekend. They've been flat uh, the last few weeks and obviously didn't get through the origin period as well as they would have liked. They're asking a lot of those starting forwards, and I'm still pretty adamant in my statements that I've made for the most part of the year that the bench is just not good enough to win the competition. When they go on, things don't lift. They seem to plateau, and they're really relying heavily on uh, Frizzell, Sims, Vaughan, DeBellin, etc., to play extra minutes or to come on and really ramp things up. And uh, the halves as well have flattened out a little bit. So Benny Hunt wasn't too bad on the weekend, but Gareth Woodop uh, a little bit left wanting in that situation. So we'll see if they can arrest momentum. But uh, we've both got the Dragons at number four. Number five, the Broncos make a big jump for both of us. Proven track record, and we've said all year, great young forward pack, outstanding back line. The halves, we like the six. We're not so sure about the seven of Nicarima. He's a great player in his own right, but it's just more that control come finals time. Can they win out three or four games against tougher opposition, control things, finish their sets, and close out a close game? They've got all the talent in the world. There's no doubt about it, and they deserve to be number five with the gritty wins that they've got. But, yeah, that forward pack, uh, it's just incredible. All those young players have got pushing through. Asako moving back to fullback is a great move. Only benefits him in the long run. Boyd going to center, they don't lose much there. He's got a great catch pass, good defensively, good talker, and it takes the workload off him. So uh, it, it's much better for his hamstring. I think the big question one person before I forgot about is with his side being so stacked and Gillette coming back next year and everything that's been going on, uh, where's Jack Bird fit into all this? Because he thinks he's a fullback or a 5'8". Milford's definitely the 5'8", and the fullback's definitely now Zaka. They've got a lot of money invested in Bird and uh, I get the feeling that if he's that unhappy and Brisbane can somehow get him out of there, and if he's willing to leave again, that Brisbane would be happy to let him walk. But it's uh, going to be interesting to see how that situation pans out in the offseason because um, Jack Bird right now looks like he's not needed there and he's a big burden on that salary cap. So have to keep our eyes on that. Number six, uh, we've both got the Sharks. A couple of... Uh, Close losses to the Broncos this year, but they're ticking along nicely. I think what you got out of the other night is the difference that it makes when Wade Graham is not there. He's dynamic for that left edge. He helps out Matt Moylan. He adds another element in attack. Townsend, he's been a bit hit and miss. Uh, he's usually a pretty steady player. He's not outstanding by any stretch of the imagination, but he does a good job. But um, they had enough ball to win inside 20. They didn't get the job done. No, they didn't. But moving forward, you know what team they are. They're tough. They're gritty. They've got a good forward pack in final style football. They suit that occasion. Number seven, both got the Penrith Panthers. Really, really flat period for them. The weekend, they look absolutely shot ducks. Uh, they were awful in that second half, and somehow in that last seven minutes, they've pulled that game from the fire. Nathan Cleary was great. Kikau, Dean Fare, why he had a few misses in defense, was great early on with the football. Peachy at fullback, but moving forward, uh, number seven is probably a true reflection of they've been hit and miss, and they've come behind to win a couple of games. They're still very young, though, and talent-wise, you cannot deny that if they get things right, they could beat anybody. And the last one, number eight, pretty obvious. The top eight's pretty much settled. The Tigers still have a slim hope, but the Warriors sit there at eight. They've just proved more and more as they go along through the season how important Isaac Luke is to their operation. Tohu Harris is also being missed, but probably the big thing I take out 
is how many weeks they've had their complete spine. They started the year with all on deck, Sheck, Johnson, Green, and Luke, but there's been plenty of weeks where Luke's missed a week or two, Sheck's missed a couple of games, Johnson's missed some time, Green's missed some games, so it really seems to take a big toll when those guys are missing. But getting Harris back in, getting Blair back in, getting that forward pack on board, and especially having him operate operate out of nine eyes at Luke, uh, he makes a massive difference. But they've been shaky. They look a little bit like the Warriors of old, but their draw is quite favorable, and I'm pretty sure with the games they've got left, they're not going to struggle to win another game or two and secure their spot in the eight. So there you go. Our power rankings, all the same, bar the two and the three position. We move on now to reviews of the games from the weekend brought to you by Nepean Boltmaster. Nepean Boltmaster is a complete fastening system supplied with their main office located at Penrith, and they have another one at Seven Hills. Both of those warehouses are absolutely huge, and they boast the largest range of fasteners and associated products, not only throughout the region, but throughout the state. There's a lot more to the Boltmaster, though, than just fasteners. You'll also find industrial and engineering products, abrasives, hand and cutting tools, lifting materials, handling products, safety and cleaning products, paints, and general hardware. Nepean Boltmaster provides total needs sourcing packages for all trades associated with construction, engineering, and all associated industry segments. If you're a tradesman like myself, you can get all your gear, tools, equipment for jobs, all through Nepean Boltmaster. Talk to Woz and the boys there, www.nepbolt.com.au, or check them out on Facebook. But game reviews, Broncos Sharks, 12-10 on the weekend. Uh, What can you say about the Broncos? Just a very, very gritty effort. Some of those young forwards have just been absolutely outstanding. The fact that they've been able to kind of keep that core group together and keep ticking over and get the likes of, uh, you know, David Fafita playing already, the schoolboy prodigy, Jaden Sewell before his injury, Offa Hengawi, still only 22, 23 years old, Tevita Pengai Jr., Matt Lodge, regardless of what you think off the field, they're building one hell uh, of a forward pack, and I've probably missed one or two of them there. And We've obviously seen Katoni Staggs, who's got that utility value, Similar, again, I think I've mentioned this, flashing back to almost an Alex Glenn of 10 years ago when he came out of the 20s. He can play center, back row, 9, 580, kicks goals, and he's just a tough son of a bitch. So they're really well served in the young players. The halves have got better, but I'm still not sure they can win the comp without having a genuine number seven. Uh, you know, the back line, the move for Osako to go there, having Oates coming out in yardage. Like, it's just a really, really balanced side for the Brisbane Broncos. And, uh, they got through purely on grit the other night. Cronulla had plenty of chances, but no dice. The way Graham's situation on that left edge, like we said, he's so dynamic. He brings a calmness to uh, Matt Moylan. He brings another dynamic. He can ball run. He can kick. He can ball play there. It just kind of brings things together. So for them, I think he's a big part of their attack, and he was missed. Valentine Holmes has just gone to another level. He was outstanding again. Seguiaro has really found good form again. He was very dangerous off the bench. Fafita had a big game, but uh, the summary of this was the Broncos... Goal line D held on under duress for long periods of the game, and they, they finished things off. So tough win, and they're in a position now where we thought they were going to be at the bottom, and they, they're still now in a position to push for the top four. So that's huge. And for the Sharks, it's a bit of a case of what could have been with a few close games with Brisbane, uh, probably maybe having an effect on their situation in top four. And pretty sad to see Shane Flanagan have the, the complaints that he did at the end, considering he's uh, got away with a forward pass in that Warriors game. And bit of hypocrisy a week on from the Raiders situation, which obviously isn't his fault, but he's been known for this in the past, and I've brought it up before that I'm not a big fan of the way he handles some of his press conferences. So uh, why I thought the Moylan call was wrong, and they admitted that, uh, and I also thought Matt Price tackle on Boyd was fair in the loose ball. They can't complain. They lost that game of footy. They had ample opportunity, and quite plain and simple, they couldn't get it done with their attack inside 20. They were poor. But 
congratulations to the Broncos and uh, good chance pushing forward for a top four spot. Cowboys Newcastle, 20 to 18, the Cowboys winning this one. What a random game of football this was. The first half, it was just the Cowboys getting absolutely rolled over. It looked like they were ready for Mad Monday. Newcastle just cutting the ruck to pieces. They isolated Jonathan Thurston a couple of times. Fitzgibbon, oh, sorry, Fitzgibbon. Fitzgerald was absolutely outstanding on that edge. Guerra's try through the ruck. The D was just absolutely awful. The spacing there that got pulled apart. And you're sitting there just looking at it going, this could be absolutely anything. But things steadied out a little bit. They probably wasted a couple of opportunities inside 20. And once that sin binning happened uh, from the penalties there where Levi took an eternity to get off the Cowboys, Weiss still a little bit overstructured, found themselves a try. Uh, and, you know, looked to kind of attack down there with Cooper and Thurston, but Fitzgibbon went over again just before half time, and then they had the opportunity to take the two to make it 20 to 6, and Denny Levi took the quick tap, and they didn't end up scoring or eventuating. So 18 6 at half time was pretty confident that Newcastle were going to do the job, but second half, wow, the team that came out, errors, and now they're just their own worst enemy, and you can tell why they're the worst defensive team in the competition because they're absolutely awful. They got pulled apart. Jonathan Thurston and Cooper, despite having rough first halves and having some poor errors and defensive misses, they were in absolutely everything. And in particular, Jonathan Thurston, he was just absolutely brilliant. Granville looks so much better when he gets out and probes and opens up the ruck and brings the forwards onto the ball. But end of the day, Newcastle, that's just one you can't lose. That's inexcusable. And uh, moving forward, they're going to have to address their defense. And yes, they're still young, but those guys are getting experience now and they've got some good players coming in next year, but... You can't be last or bottom four in defense again next year if you're Newcastle. You look at their situation where they've come up with seven or eight wins, and if you put Pierce back in for some of those games that he missed, they're quite possibly in the fight for the bottom half of the eight. But again, if they did get there, if you do one of the worst defensive teams in the competition, you're not going to challenge anybody. So, um, yeah, for their side of things, Fitzgibbon, uh, Fitzgerald was absolutely outstanding. Mitchell Pearce, uh, say what you will, and he cops a lot of criticism. He was tough. He had a very good game. Callum Ponga's first half was great, but got a little bit erratic in the second half. But Jonathan Thurston, at home, savor that one if you're a Cowboys fan because it's one of his last. It hasn't been a bright year, but he had a cracker game. Dogs-Tigers, 16-4. to Tigers just couldn't find the energy. They've got up for those two big wins, and they certainly came in flat. That's not taking anything away from the Bulldogs, though, because... They've just ripped in all year, regardless of all the drama, all the salary cap issues, the board, things changing, players getting moved on from the club and trying to iron out this salary cap situation, led from the front by Jackson and Clemmer. Lachlan Lewis, uh, he was all class, and just number one thing for a young half is toughness. Defensively, he was outstanding. He got folded by Madalena running the ball. He made a couple of just simple efforts off the football and jumped on a couple of loose footballs, particularly one that he stuck his leg out at the end there to stop that grabber going through and dived on the footy to basically kill any chance the Tigers have. And I think this just sums up what we and Brock talk about a lot, that teams with their structures and plans and all this kind of stuff, that when you're in a situation like the Bulldogs now, they've got plenty of youth, guys playing for an opportunity, playing for their spot. There's no pressure. There's no expectation because the season's basically written off and a lot of big names are out or being moved on. They're just playing tough, hard footy. And in this process, they've found a couple of good footballers in Remus Smith, who's been outstanding in yardage. Reese Martin's a dead-eye goal kicker and a solid football. We know Holland's been there for a few years, but he's kind of flourished in the last few weeks in this situation. Hopawade's found a spark back at fullback. So there's some good signs there for the Bulldogs, and more importantly than anything, uh, regardless of the couple of years probably coming up where they're going to struggle a little bit salary cap-wise, the effort's there. 
the players are playing for Dean Payer and they're really ripping him for their fans. So uh, excellent effort by the Dogs. But Tigers, what do you say? They just couldn't come up with anything. They came in flat. I think they disrespected the Bulldogs a little bit, but completing at 90-plus percent, it doesn't matter if you don't do anything with a football. And they were very clunky the other night. It was one of the first times I was frustrated with Robbie Farrar since he's been back at the club. He blunted the attack inside 20. And if you go back and watch things, inside 20, it's one of the hardest places to defend, or especially inside 10, attacking a try line, because basically the defense has no other option but to press forward. So they cut down time and space. So the last thing you need as a half or any kind of player on the outsides of the ruck is the hooker to pick the ball up like Robbie Farrar, take a few steps and start you running overs and then give you hospital passes, where a lot of times he did that to the halves and had them under pressure. What was needed was just to dish it straight off the deck and try and get them rolling. And also didn't understand the constant play to the the side of the Morris brothers where they were trying to force uh, the play down there to Isar Masters, who is a strike weapon, and David Nofaluma, but they were doing it off a slow play, the ball or a flat ruck. So quite disappointing and potentially the end of their finals run. But I guess... Farrah and Benji moving forward. It'll be interesting to see what happens in their situation. And Brooks, Reynolds, now the talk about Nathan Cleary coming the year afterwards. People are saying about Luke Brooks getting pushed out because he's off contract. I don't know how the medical retirement thing would work with Josh Reynolds and if this shoulder injury is pre-existing or not. But four-year deal, big money, only played five games this season. Brooks is still only 22, 23 years old. Nathan Cleary potentially come the year after. Uh, not saying it will happen, but... If Reynolds is on 800000 or close to what they're saying and he's missed the whole year and they're not a big fan long-term or more interested in keeping Brooks with Cleary, wouldn't surprise me if they tried to find a way to get Reynolds out of there or let Reynolds know. But uh, have to see what happens moving forward because he's done for the season. And potentially, the Tigers are too. But massive effort by the Bulldogs. Great win by them. Panthers, Manly. Well, I think this one, 28-24, was summed up. If you saw Trent Barrett's press conference after, he was absolutely heartbroken, very emotional, and uh, rugby league. It's a cruel son of a bitch sometimes. And after a pretty tense first half where you kind of felt like Penrith had the rub of the green and more of the football inside 20, uh, they kind of struggle inside 20. And, and that sort of thing's going to happen when you play a 5'8 Maloney who doesn't look like he's healthy or confident. Uh, Katoa still feeling his way in with Cleary and building those combinations. And Peachy playing at one. Why he was good, it's not his natural position. Things didn't quite flow how you'd like them to, but... They did find a try before halftime, uh, but late on, Manly obviously got that pretty soft try at the guts where Fainu just cut through. They had a penalty goal as well to make it 8-6. And second half, they came out so flat, the Panthers, and just got absolutely torn to pieces. Brian Kelly had a field day down that left-hand side of the field when he was running. looked so dangerous. And you were sitting there looking at it 24-6, thinking this is over. They're in big trouble. Uh, they're going to start after asking some questions during the week of the group and Anthony Griffin and what the hell's going on there. But all of a sudden... The most dangerous football teams, and we speak about this all the time again, is when structure just goes out the window and you play football, you get back to what you naturally do. And this Penrith side is just so talented that when push came to shove and they started to play some natural football and find some energy, big kick out just was very damaging. Katal was probing. Nathan Cleary had his hand in absolutely everything and busted his ass during that game. And, uh, you know, some of the tries they scored, while they were quite poor, especially down that left-hand edge where they picked on Suley and Daly Cherry Evans, um, they were outstanding tries. Nathan Cleary's break off the kick out, run and offload to dish it to Wanga Blake. Good football. Uh, but the most heartbreaking one, I guess, if you're a Manly fan later on, is Tommy Turbo getting caught with that football and losing it and Cleary popping up at the right time and scoring under the post. And I know I've heard some talk, people saying, has he played at the football? Honestly, I hate that rule. 
and when I see it ruled on six again, when a player is just making a tackle and he's not intentionally touching the football, I don't have a problem with it being play on. And in this situation, I didn't either, but absolutely cruel for Manly. Uh, I thought for them, Marty Tapio was outstanding. Tom and Jake, as they always were. Brian Kelly down that left-hand edge, he was, he was great as well, but uh, tough loss and just sums up the way their season's been going. But for the Panthers, they dodge a bullet and big kick out and clear were great. Peachy's effort at fullback was great. Don't know if that's a long-term solution, but I'd much rather him be on the field and playing some football than sitting on the bench and only getting 20 to 30 minutes. So, uh, yeah, crazy win. Very good if you're a Panther fan and slim chances, I guess, or some chance of a top four spot. We'll have to see how the rest of the year pans out and some of the other results for them. But, um, yeah, they need to find a bit more for Maloney. They're saying he's not healthy. If he's not healthy, give him a weekend off, as far as I'm concerned, and play Tyron May in the six with Nathan Cleary. We know what May can do. We know he's steady. He moved into the finals last year with Cleary when they were playing through. There's an option for him. But if they've got to rest him, Maloney, to get him healthy and ready for the finals, do so because he's been quite poor the last few weeks. South versus the Eels. I think this one needs a pretty short summary. I thought it was a pretty decent game of football. The Eels gave their best, but why now? And again, it's a summary of a team whose season's over. The pressure's kind of been released. There's a couple of guys playing for contracts, and there's been a few slight changes, uh, and it's very easy to come out and perform. They threw the kitchen sink at South. Nathan Brown, Jared Hayden had another good game. Reed Marnie made the handful, a fistful of his opportunities on the field as well. Uh, Terrapo came on, made an impact. Nia Corey, Murata Nia Corey as well, but uh, end of the day, South just kept coming like the liquid man. They are a bit clunky at times. They weren't as dominant to the middle as they usually are, and they played a bit too sideways, and Adam Reynolds got found out trying to shift to his right-hand side a few times where Hayne picked him off and another time it went for an intercept the other way. But last pass of the game, after failing a few times, try, try again. Beautiful Harbour Bridge pass over the top for Campbell Graham, and they got away with that one. Gagai played some pretty good football as well. Damian Cook has just been absolutely exceptional and had another great game the other night as well. And uh, He's a shoe-in, surely, to be the Australian number nine moving forward. But uh, for the Eels fans, I do feel sorry for you, but I, I just... I look at this situation, and again, when you're having a bad year and things just aren't going your way, it, it always seems to come crumbling down. And the sin bin, I know, I know fans weren't happy about that and the way the penalties were going, but I thought early on in the game that Parramatta was pretty lucky not to have someone sin binned earlier, and they pushed it in the ruck as much as South did. So uh, even game, I, I thought it was pretty fair all around, but South, after the eight games, have been a little flat. They found a way to win, and that's the difference, like we said, in the way their seasons are going. And, some uh, footballers definitely have emerged in this time for them. But Parramatta, moving forward, interesting to see what happens there with Jared Hayne and a couple of those blokes that are fighting for contracts and who they're going to bring in. We know Paulo is on the way. Is there any other moves they're looking to make? Corey Norman's still rumoured to be moving on. Uh, interesting time still at the Parramatta Eels moving forward. And Souths, after that winning streak, loss, tight win, they now move on to play the Melbourne Storm this week in 1v2. Should be an absolute belter of a game. And speaking of Melbourne, 44-10 against the Raiders. Again, short summary of this one. They looked ominous very early. Police Kafusi scored early. It was way too easy. Um, and then they just flowed on from there. 24-4 at halftime. The Raiders turned up pretty flat. Ill-discipline, errors and penalties. Uh, Melbourne just pulled them apart. They rolled over more night. Smith just controls things nicely from nine. Takes the pressure off the halves. Munster, he's all class. Just running the football. So dangerous. That footwork, that fend. He can break tackles. Scored a cracker of a try. Set a couple up in that game. Billy Slater just roaming around, organising their defence is absolutely outstanding. Bromwich, the first few weeks back, has been great. Felice, Nelson's impact. 
Uh, they're, they're healthy. They've got their origin. They had six players in that. Bromwich and Finucane missed about eight to ten weeks between them. So it's, it's like getting eight players back in. It's their third halves combination, and then they still just keep winning games of footballs. It's, it's just the way things are down there. It doesn't matter who steps in. They do a job. Can they win the competition moving forward with Jerome Hughes at number seven? Uh, I'm not too sure. But if anyone can get the job done with a makeshift seven or someone who's more adept at playing as a fullback or a six, it would be Craig Bellamy in a team that has Billy Slater and Cameron Smith. But for Canberra, uh, clearly last week was a last straw. It's been an emotional year. Lots of close losses and a lot of it their own doing, unfortunately. But that loss last week was massive. This week they look flat, a little bit ill-disciplined. Uh, probably summed up in that moment where Rapana got put in the sin bin. But not a lot of positives I can bring up for them. I thought Hodge had tried his backside off. Kotrick at fullback had some good touches. But um, yeah, Melbourne just ticking things off and moving towards the finals there. Massive clash this week, as we mentioned, against South. Really looking forward to that game. Warriors-Titans, 12 out at half time, and the Warriors were looking quite steady despite not having Tohu and Isaac Luke. And you're thinking, surely they want to go on with this one. They've got a very good track record against the Titans, but they came out second half and dead set. They were just vacant. They weren't there. The edge defense has been quite poor. A lot of teams have exposed uh, Solomon Carter and, and Hiku before him, who's now been dropped. And uh, when things get bad for the Warriors, they they usually harden up a little bit this year, early in the year. But as the year's gone on, we've seen them revert back to the Warriors of old. Once the score seems to blow out, they just shut down. The Titans pulled them apart. Rain made a great impact probing off the bench. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. AJ Brimson, I've said it week in, week out. I'm pretty sure they haven't re-signed him yet, but they need to. Because if I'm a club like the Canberra Raiders who's looking for a half or anybody else out there who's looking for a half, AJ Brimson's one on my list. He plays tough. He plays hard. He defends well for a seven. He's always willing to run and take the line on. Michael Gordon is just ageless. Philip Semi's a great young talent and doing a check to Roger himself. That was an absolute cracker. And that forward pack on its day is as good as most in the comp with Wallace, Proctor, Arrow, Crazy Old, Hipgrave, Ryan James, etc. So they're a bit hit and miss, the old Titans. Uh, but that's a great win for them, given the way the last few weeks have been for the Warriors. It puts them a little bit on tilt, but I think it just sums up how important Isaac Luke is to the flow of that side and that forward pack and getting them going forward. But, uh, yeah, pretty disappointing after the early signs with Sheck and Marmolo set starting things, Parsi being quite dangerous again, and Johnson finding such easy space to run in and score that try. Things looked worrying, but Titans certainly arrested that in the second half and had a massive win. And the last game of the round, the one we did our game companion on, and feel free to give us any feedback on the game companion and what you thought. The Roosters versus the Dragons, and I think we summed this up when we were doing the game Myself and Brock, the Roosters just, they were bleeding them dry through the middle. They just kept sticking the knife in and they rolled their ruck. They were very smart at spacing things out. They would play wide from the dummy half, like a nice wide pass and get onto the B or C defender, the second and third defender away from the ruck. They were tipping the ball back inside into the ruck and making the markers accountable and working over the Dragons forwards. They play wide to get to the edge of that ruck where it's nice and tight and find more space to get quick play the balls. 
Jerry Manu found space running at that right edge a couple of times and set up a try. Left hand edge, Latrell Mitchell getting early football, just absolutely bathed you and Aiken. And their forward pack is just dynamic. And people like Liu, Tedavano, Tokiaho, they don't get anywhere near enough praise, but their forward pack, so dynamic, powerful footwork. They've got Madison, who's going to fill in this week at six, who can play an edge, play in the middle, play as a six. Victor Radley, same deal, just a pure footballer. 13, 6, 9, he can play a bunch of different roles. Jared's found his best form. Napa's still yet to come back. Friends coming into his own. Kronk looked more comfortable, and they've got a better balance in their halves and the way they play their football. And Tedesco as well had a massive performance along with Terrell Mitchell, who I already mentioned before was just exceptional. So scary for the Roosters if they can pull this all together. With Kiri out, they've got options. It looks like Madison's going to be the one to fill in, not bringing in Sean O'Sullivan. Uh, I don't have a problem with that. Um, And he'll just do a pretty steady job there. Pass the ball, run first kind of player. But Luke Keery said to be back in three or four weeks. So if they can keep ticking along nicely, they're a big chance of closing up a, a top two spot and getting a home final. And if they get there, get Keery back and win week one, they're going to be very hard to stop the Roosters. The Dragons side of things, they're just lacking energy. They rely a lot, as I've said all year, on those starting forward pack and that dominant forward pack. And I think it's taking a toll. They don't trust the bench. and They don't get much out of it. When the bench comes on, it's almost a fingers crossed kind of situation. I hopefully hold on. Armour is the only one who really contributes a lot. Lattimore and these guys are steady, but uh, they don't really help out too much or make a dent. Leilu is good with the football, but he's a defensive liability. Man playing whatever role he's playing. It's a bit of a floating role around the middle. Uh, it's not really helping out or contributing there. And that, that forward pack's taken the brunt of things. Hunt had a pretty good game, but we're not a bit left to be desired there. We haven't heard or seen as much of McInnes as this forward pack struggled a little bit and their attack, they had plenty of inside 20 opportunities, especially the first half for the last 15, 20 minutes, and the Roosters had turned them away easily. They were way too premeditated. They kept setting up for the next play, and anytime they got an offload, everybody was retreated back 10, 15 metres ready for a shift play or that block, block play. So they need to get back to basics, find their defence, because that's leaking points like a sieve the last few weeks, and that's the base of their game. And their forward pack needs help from their bench. So I don't know what changes McGregor can make or what they can do as a team, but more importantly, they need to play each play as it is and look to promote offloads to the middle of the field, get Dufty involved, Woodop, Hunt off the ball. Because at the moment, they're trying to lay a play of the ball in to get a quick play of the ball to shift. And especially inside 20, the Roosters just eat that shit up. And if you go back and watch the game, it was way too predictable. They didn't really throw a whole lot at them. And all the tries they scored was just Ben Hunt playing eyes up football and running. It was good, straight up football, not overly structured, just using your eyes. And the one he laid on for Tarek Sims was the same. Attracted a couple of defenders went to the line and played short. So uh, big week this week for the Dragons. They come up against the Warriors side who's off a bad loss. They don't know if Luke or Tohu Harris is going to play again. They really need to win and stabilize things a little bit, and they've got a pretty cushy run home. So they could get themselves in the top four still, potentially still one or two, depending on what happens with the Storm and South, who obviously have a rough draw. And the Roosters, I'm not too sure about their draw. I'd have to have a look. But uh, the Dragons have certainly flattened out a bit, and the Roosters are starting to look pretty red hot. That's for certain. But uh, that wraps up game reviews for the week. Hopefully your ears aren't hurting too much from listening to me. Just gibber on my own. I know Brock uh, would be enjoying having a nice rest for my ear bashings and things nice and quiet at the hospital for him at the moment, enjoying time with his new daughter. But uh, now I have the tips and the previews of the round. I've got the tips from Mr. Gossip and from Boxhead, and I've got Mr. Gossip's dirt for the week and what is available and there's a fair bit going on and all of this and the tips are brought to you by the Pro Sports Syndicate. Matt, Will, 
Louis and the boys over there with the Pro Sports Syndicate had another good weekend, their best bet. They had the Warriors minus the first half line of one and a half points, which is another winner. They are eight from 10 now with their best bet. So get on board with the best bets. The tipping package, that another decent weekend. $2,500 in profit now on the year. Great profit margin, good tips. Not long left to get on for those in the betting package. $99 half price for your first month. If your tips are not winners, you get your next month for free. Cancel any time. There's no locking contracts, no overcommitment needed there. But the Pro Sports Syndicate, they're doing an absolutely outstanding job. And look out for those affiliate links and the bonus bet signups and their best bet. Eight out of 10, you'd be rolling in some cash right now if you got on board and followed over the last two months or so. But Mr. Gossip. He's got here for us. The Cowboys are ready to make a massive offer to Valentine Holmes. So all the talk, as we know, is real. He's Townsville born, bred, and raised. He's from up that way. He wants to go home. He wants to play fullback. And a big part of this, I guess, is when the Sharks brought Josh Dugan in. Uh, probably signaled some of their intention. And the talk about Benny Barber, that they want to keep him there. But whether he is the best fullback or not, they want to stack all the talent in. Valentine clearly feels like he... Uh, you know, should be playing one and he should be playing one and that he's not appreciated enough and he wants to go somewhere where he's wanted, needed and will be playing one and guaranteed that spot. The Cowboys is certainly that team. His partner, I'm pretty sure from memory, is uh, the sister of Michael Morgan's partner. So there's a lot of reasons for him to go home and his family. So watch this space, see what happens. But the Sharks are also definitely after Ben Barber. So that's a juicy one there from Mr. Gossett. The second one he's got here is Corey Oates is demanding over $700,000. So big biscuits there. The Broncos and the Bulldogs were in the hunt, but they've both now given up hope. It's down to Newcastle, the Eels, and the Dragons. And it's funny when you look at this because for the Dragons situation, they certainly don't need him as a back row. So if back row is what he wants to play, that's not going to happen to the Dragons, and they're definitely not going to shell out 700 k for a winger. Newcastle, there is a possibility, but when you've got Barnett, Guerra, and obviously Lachlan uh, Fitzgibbon on the edge there, or Fitzgerald. I keep mixing up which one of his bloody name is because I'm half asleep for my night shift. Uh, you know, it, it's it's just not feasible for their situation. Then you look at the Eels. They've already pretty much tipped over a bit too much for Paulo and a couple other contracts there. If they're bringing him into the back row, that's a big adjustment period. Why they probably need a more reliable back row. They've got Manu. They've got Takarangi. He's played there, and obviously Maroa. I don't think they'd be looking to spend 700000 Another good yardage player for half a million dollars to join with Ferguson to help their set starts and what they lost from Red Rara. That's definitely helpful, but 700000 if that's to play the back row, that's that's a big risk from a lot of clubs. Uh, and as a winger, that's just incredible. He'd be more like the 500 kind of mark. So if I'm Corey Oates at age 22, 23, I'd be re-signing at the Broncos with the side they're building at the moment for two more years as a winger and be asking for about half a million dollars, and then I'd rethink my situation around 24, 25, hopefully after playing a couple more Origins and collecting some cash about moving into the back row, but see what happens with that one. There's also rumours, uh, or the rumours that Anthony Griffin are safe, and we keep hearing this at Penrith, and we've talked about four, are complete rubbish from Mr. Gossip, and they're looking at the possibility of bringing back Trent Barrett, who was in the system, and John Cartwright in the past, as a duo from Manly. So can't speculate too much on this one. Don't know a lot more than what anybody else knows, but there's been smoke and there's fire since the start of the year. It's very obvious. You've seen the way they've played the last few weeks, all the little quips and bits and pieces and the talk. Whether somebody wants to think there is or not, we've said it before. There's definitely something going on, but you're not going to hear anything until the season's over. So it's pretty hard to talk about it right now. The Raiders are sounding out former player, and now turned coach Simon Wolford 
for the possibility of coaching in 2020. Ricky Stewart is set to be given one last chance in 2019, but if things don't turn around, they could be bringing back another former Raiders son and a great first grader in Simon Wolford, who's done some good things in reserve grade. Local A grade, he was coaching first, and he was at Newcastle doing some work there and the and an NRL assist at New South Wales Cup and now over at Huddersfield. So keep your eyes on that one. It's still some time away, but there certainly does need to be some pressure on Ricky Stewart. They've lost a lot of players. Things look good the first year or two he was there, but they're slowly going backwards. So you just have to wonder whether he'll be able to hold the throne next year and what kind of season they're going to have. And the last bit from Mr. Gossip, the Bulldogs are super keen on getting James Seguiaro. They are after a more consistent hooker at Canterbury, and he's the one they're going after. So Price... Obviously, it may be an issue there, but Michael Leisha there at the moment, far more Brown. They're clearly not happy with those two. Seguiaro's had a bit of a revival of form at the back end of the season. He's got the majority share of the minutes over Jaden Braley, and he's making a hell of an impact, especially in the last month to six weeks there at the Cronulla Sharks. So keep your eyes on that one from Mr. Gossett. But a big thanks to him. And now we move on to the tips brought to you by the Pro Sports Syndicate. And last week's tips, I can't find them at the moment in my pile of papers on the desk, but I'm pretty sure I didn't have two crash hot a week. I think Brock may have got six, and I'm pretty sure he's within one or two points of my lead now. Mr. Gossip, he's still four behind both of us, so I'll update that next week. But Brock is gaining some room on me. He's chopping that lead down, and after being four or five clear, I'm starting to get the death wobbles. But looking at these games, game number one, we've obviously got the Dogs versus the Broncos. David Clemmer for the Dogs. He has been suspended, so a change there. Chris Smith comes in as the only change. He makes his club debut from the Bulldogs, or for the Bulldogs, the former Rooster and Panthers player. On the Broncos side of things, they're unchanged. 17, no surprise there uh, after the result they got last week. All those outstanding young forwards. So have to see how that one plays out. But the Bulldogs, uh, it's going to be a tough ask. They've been up for multiple weeks now, and to go play against that stacked Broncos side, uh, it's you know it's never an easy task, and they're ticking along nicely. Top fours on the line, so all three of us, Gossip, Box, and myself, are on the Broncos. No surprises there, and the odds, thanks to the Pro Sports Syndicate, a dollar thirty for the Broncos, three sixty for the Dogs, one to twelve Broncos, two ninety four seventy five Dogs, thirteen plus Broncos, two twenty five ten dollars for the Bulldogs. Tigers, Newcastle, uh, an awkward one to tip. And if you flash back to earlier on in the year, that was the first loss that the Tigers had. Newcastle springing that late victory over them from the kick to the sideline. Mitchell Pearce obviously getting injured in that game, and that's where their season took a turn as well in the Newcastle Knights. But uh, looking at things this week, there is a couple of changes for the Newcastle Knights. Connor Watson, he's back. He replaces Jack Cogger at 5'8". Corey Dennis replaces Nathan Ross at centre. And JJ Felice, a former Tiger, makes his debut on the bench against his former club with Herman SASA moving to prop and Jacob Lilliman out. For the Tigers, Robbie Rocco has been named to replace Chris McQueen on the bench as the only change for this one. So looking at this, I'm on the Tigers. Uh, Newcastle have been solid without being outstanding the last few weeks, but I'm pretty sure the Tigers, with a slim glimmer of hope, will want to bounce back from last week. Mr. Gossip agrees, and Brock agrees also. And the odds, thanks to the Pro Sports Syndicate, $1.86 for the Tigers, $1.97 for the Knights, $1 to 12 Wests, $3, Newcastle, $3.20, 13 plus Tigers, $4, $5 for the Knights. The blockbuster game, South versus Melbourne. 
potentially a game companion. We'll have to see what happens with uh, Brock and his new baby and whether we get that one up on Friday night. But this is an absolute ripper of a game that we're going to be looking forward to. Two top sides finding form. Uh, South have had that form all year. Storm finding the form at the right time at the back end of the season, building nicely after the origin period. And a pretty hard one to put your finger on. You can cut this many different ways, but as far as changes are concerned, South, they're unchanged from last week. The Storm, Ryan Hoffman comes in the back row, replacing Joe Stimson, who moves back to the bench. And Chase Blair is out of the side. Dale Finucane starts at lock, and Kenny Bromwich goes back to the bench. <sighs> Huge game. It is down in Sydney. South's definitely uh, a very dynamic side, and will look to lay down a bit of a challenge here to the Storm and prove that they are the genuine number one. But uh, I like the way the Storm have been building. I'm going to back the Storm to get the job done and make a real statement for this year's competition. But flip a coin on this one. They're both outstanding teams. Brock. He is on South Sydney, so looking at them to stamp themselves as the true number one in the competition. And Gossip, he's on the Melbourne Storm as well. And the odds for that, thanks to the Pro Sports Syndicate, $1.72 for the Storm, two fifteen for South, one to twelve Storm, two ninety three thirty for South, thirteen plus Storm, three seventy five five fifty for South. Dragons Warriors bounce backs needed from both sides after the Dragons were pretty flat last week, poor defensively. And they've been a bit patchy through Origin. They need to find some energy. They are unchanged from their loss last week. On the Warriors side of things, Isaac Luke has been named to return, as has Tohu Harris. Adam Blair's back from suspension. But looking at those two, Luke and Harris in particular, they were no certainty last week, and I'm hearing they're no certainty again this week. So uh, if they're not traveling over down in the gong, I'd be expecting the Dragons to win this one. But who knows? They touched them up early in the season. They need to bounce back themselves, but... I'm on the Dragons, and it's a clean sweep from all three of us. Box and Gossip are both on the Dragons as well. And with the Pro Sports Syndicate, they are $1.45. 280 for the Warriors. Uh, 1-12 is 310 for the Dragons. 425 for the Warriors. 13 plus 260 for the Dragons. 650 for the Warriors. Parramatta and the Titans. Flip a coin on this one because you never know what you're going to get. Parramatta have perked up the last few weeks. Found a win against the Bulldogs. Lost that very heartbreakingly close one last week to the South Sydney Rabbitohs. The Titans side of things, they're up and down like a roller coaster. A couple of poor losses, getting hammered by the Broncos. Then choking after leading by 14 against Newcastle. Then they came out and blew the Warriors off the park last week. But on the Eels side of things for changes, George Jennings returns on the wing. Jared Hayne shifts back into the centres uh, and that allows Takarangi to go back to the bench. Reed Mahoney, or Reed Marnie, should I say, starts at hooker for Kaiser Pritchard, who is out, and Jamin Salmon, the former Shark, who's been playing New South Wales Cup, good young 5'8 slash centre player. He's making his debut on the bench as a utility. Tim Manor will start at prop because Alvaro is out, and Kane Evans has been recalled to the bench. The Gold Coast Titans, they are unchanged from the team that won last week. With that being the case, I'm going to back the Titans to hopefully do the job Two weeks in a row, I can't trust Parramatta, and I know they've found some energy, but uh, the Titans on their day can certainly roll with most teams in the competition. Brock, he's also backing the Titans, and Mr. Gossip, as he has done all year, he's sticking to his guns with the Eels. And with the Pro Sports Syndicate, the Eels are the favourites at $1.68. The Titans, two twenty, one to twelve, three dollars $3 for the Eels and three fifty for the Titans. 13 plus, three twenty five for the Eels and five fifty for the Titans. Roosters, Cowboys... 
Cowboys finding some energy after a poor first half last week to jag a win and try and get away from that spoon. And we obviously saw what the Roosters did, clicking into gear and absolutely blowing the Dragons to pieces. The Roosters, obviously that big change. Ryan Madison moves in for Luke Carey at six. Kurt Baptiste is recalled on the bench. Mitch Cornish and Sean O'Sullivan are also in the reserve. So a possibility for a late change. More likely with O'Sullivan, I guess, coming in and Madison moving back to a different role. And Dylan Napa returns on the bench this week in place of Lindsay Collins. And even if he is ruled out, we've seen Lindsay Collins. He can do a job, as can Nat Butcher. For the Cowboys, Matt Scott, he starts this week with Asiata moving back to the bench. And other than that, no changes. But the Roosters here, they were ominous last week. They're going to look to kick towards that top two spots and try and finish with a home final and get two bites of the cherry. We're a clean sweep on the Roosters. And they're twenty with a pro sports syndicate. 460 for the Cowboys. 1 to 12, 290 for the Roosters. $6 for the Cowboys. 13 plus the Roosters, $1.95. And $13 for the Cowboys. Cronulla versus Manly. Cronulla definitely looking to bounce back after that close loss and quite a poor one in the end. Struggled to come up with points. Inside 20, but that key man is back. Wade Graham in the back row with Scott Sorensen dropping to the bench. Josh Dugan has been named in the reserves and will possibly return this week. And Kyle Flanagan is named at number 21. And I'm hearing mail that Chad Townsend may be dropped this week for Kyle Flanagan. So keep your eyes on that one because that would be a massive development a couple of weeks out from the finals to see them trying uh, the untested Flanagan, the son of the coach. But let me tell you, he's been outstanding in the under-20s. He's been great in New South Wales Cup this year. He played in the New South Wales residence team that beat the Queensland residence team for origin this year. Um, So keep your eyes on that one. For Manly... Martin Tapao starts at prop with Paseca back to the bench, and that is the only change for them. It's been a hard year for the Seagulls, and I don't see them changing things this weekend. So I'm tipping the Sharks, as is Brock and Mr. Gossip. So a clean sweep on that regard of things. And with the Pro Sports Syndicate, the odds there, $1.36 for the Sharks, $3.20 for Manly, $1.12, $3 for the Sharks, $4.50 for Manly. 13 plus, a 235 for the Sharks, 850 for Manly. And the last game of the round, the unpredictable Penny Panthers coming up against the just as hot and cold Canberra Raiders. Will they find some energy this week? We're going to have to wait and see and find out. They should be out to try and ruin a couple of team seasons, but that attitude didn't seem to be there last week. So Aiden Caesar, he returns in the halves after his injury. Blake Austin replaces Elliot Whitehead in the centres. Whitehead moves back to the second role. Soliola goes to prop, Bateman to the bench, Abby from fullback to the wing with Kotrick getting a run at one again, and Shannon Boyd also returns on the bench with Jack Murchie and Liam Knight drop. So a fair bit of movement there for the Raiders' side. For the Panthers, they're unchanged. Tyron Peachy still named at one there, but Regan Campbell-Gillard may be a late inclusion. He's named in the reserves there. Looking at things and whether they'll change, if Dallin's hamstring's a bit better this week, they may run him at one. But if they're happy with the way Peachy played there last week, and I was, I'd just leave Dallin for another week to rest that hamstring. Uh, as far as who would miss out if Regan Campbell-Gillard got recalled, looking at that bench of Tyra May, Trent Merrin, Jack Hetherington, and Corey Harawira Naira, I'd think they'll like to keep the utility in Tyra May, especially if they're not confident in James Maloney. And he has been beaten and bruised the last few weeks. It may be Harawira Naira who misses out on that spot. So I have to wait and see on that side of things. But the tipping side of things, we're all on the Panthers. They need to keep winning. You've got the slim chance of the top four spot, but it's still there. Uh, They need to find a decent performance this week and string together 80 minutes 
They're a dollar forty favorite with the Pro Sports Syndicate. Three dollars for the Raiders. One to twelve. Three ten for the Panthers. Four fifty for the Raiders. Thirteen plus. Two forty for the Panthers and seven fifty for the Raiders. So looking at those tips, pretty much a clean sweep on every single game for all of us except. Souths and the Storm game. Brock is solo on South, so potential to pick up another point and chase me down and Mr. Gossip. The only game other than that is him on the Eels and we're both on the Titans. So things starting to form, uh, opinion-wise, pretty consistently around most teams as far as tips are concerned. And it reflects in the tips, but there you go. Bit of a short and sharp podcast. Hopefully I wasn't... Too painful to listen to. We apologise as always for the delay, but given the circumstances, you can't blame us. Uh, the birth of Brock's baby girl. Exciting news for our family. Exciting news uh, for him and his partner. And I'm very excited to be an uncle and look forward to all the good times that have come ahead. So massive congratulations again. Goes out to Brock. And uh, hopefully we'll have him back with us next week for a much more enjoyable podcast rather than you guys just listen to me, Jibber. But I guess you did uh, listen to Brock speak and do a solo job for a period there a couple of years ago when I went to Europe. And um, hopefully I live up to his standards because he did a pretty good job on his own during that period of time. But there you go. Power rankings, tips, all your gossip and dirt. Reviewed those games, previewed the round coming up. Uh, Brock's answered some of your fan questions yesterday. I'll get on board on Twitter and Facebook and try and type back and reply to as many of those as possible, but yes, obviously this week has been a bit different and the delay, but for a good reason. A massive thank you to all our sponsors, Penrith Solar Centre, the PM Boltmaster, and of course the Pro Sports Syndicate and supporting our charity account, Bears of Hope, this year. So check them out and uh, a great cause, absolutely outstanding cause. And that package, their betting package, half price, $99 for your first month. If you don't get a profit on those tips, you get your next month free. No locking contracts, cancel any time. Keep your eyes open for those bonus bets from their affiliate links and their best bet. They are 8 from 10, so get on board with the boys there from the Pro Sports Syndicate. Let them help your wallet. A charity bet this week. I'm going to have to have a guess myself. I don't mind the Broncos 13-plus against the Bulldogs. They've been up the, the Bulldogs for a couple of weeks. They've lost Clem this week to suspension. I think they may be a little bit flat, and the Broncos pushing for a possible top four spot at $2.30 on the 13 plus. So I think that may be a charity bet for the podcast this week. But there you go. All done and dusted. Everybody out there, enjoy your week and enjoy your rugby league. Bring it on. Give us more. Give us more. Where are you going? Where, 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 what's going on here? Is that it? Is that it? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.